episode. It's Wednesday, June 15th, 10 minutes uh, minutes before 2 o'clock in Podcastville. It is the hottest day of the year. Stay safe. There are some um, shelters that the city has opened up that are available in a variety of places. I've got that if you want to uh, see the link where I collect all the news links, not all the bad stuff, the mostly good news and events. Like, I didn't know there was a strawberry festival. Strawberry, my third favorite kind of margarita. The strawberry festival. But uh, all those links, ericchaseblog.wordpress.com or follow the socials and you'll be able to find your way there. Uh, A guest who's back for... At least the third visit. Uh, he is Toledopedia, as you'll hear during uh, our conversation. He's not. He says he's not a historian. To me, with the stories that he tells, he is very much a historian. He says he's a storyteller. I say it's semantics. It's always good to have this guest on, um, even though a project has been slightly put on pause. We'll introduce him in just a second. First up, um, thirteen ABC posted a, a thought, uh, do we still call them uh, think questions? No, the thought experiments. Would you rather have 100 degrees or zero degrees? Today will bring highs in the upper 90s, but the heat index is expect, expected to reach 105. Uh, I have an answer for that. Uh, in, in fact, I was thinking yesterday as I do the traffic reports for our Cumulus Toledo stations on Q. Uh, on 93.5, and on K100, I expect my traffic reports will say, no incidents, but the streets are melting, so drive carefully. Um, also, you should know, um, I'm not going to remind you to please don't leave your dog in the car or people in the car. If you have people or dogs and you leave them in the car, you shouldn't have people or dogs, period. Uh, also, you might overlook this. I wanted to get the dogs out for their long walk, and we do those now with the nicer weather here. Uh, do it as early as possible, even though this heat wave will not last too long, because the cement and the asphalt is extremely hot for uh, for the animals. Here's my answer for uh, for 13ABC's question, um, and I'm just reading from the comment I put on their page. 100, and, the, and this is what you might have heard me say before, my car AC cools faster than my heat warms in my car and zero can mean snow and ice which i have to shovel drive carefully on and it tracks into the house i don't have to wipe heat and humidity off of my shoes and heat and humidity does not necessarily cause bad driving as um slick roads can black ice and whatnot um braxton grab that microphone Hey, there you, you go. Oh, oh, Braxton working? was not the guest, but you are here. Hi. Um, Braxton was at a junior achievement event that uh, that I couldn't make it out to, so I invited some of the kids that uh, had some interest in what we do here to stop by. So you've uh, you've been here for about an hour and fifteen minutes or so, roughly. Yeah, roughly, about that. Yeah. You got to see the podcast, which I'm going to introduce here in a second. Your uh, your early thoughts from from the studio, the screens, all the stuff so far. Um, it was really interesting to kind of like you know take a look at. Um, it just kind of, you know, how to explain it? Uh, been anxious right now. Sorry. No, you're fine. But, um, I, I know one thing that I had in mind was like watching, you know, the two parties of the podcast, like go back and forth was really impressive. Um, because it was just kind of jumping from topic to topic and, you know, were you able to follow it though? Yeah, for the most part, yeah, okay. obviously. Because I, I know one of, I, I think maybe a blind spot or a weakness. I'd love interviewing people, um, 
and I'll tell you or anybody, um, if you want to do this kind of thing, whether it's it's video content or whatever, if you're having interviews can be really challenging because um, you as the interviewer have to bring the best out. I mean, it's your show, it's your content and some people can be hard. So preparing, um, like I have my notes, Ted threw me a curveball. The book that he was coming on to talk about is now not coming out, um, which we'll get to here shortly. So be prepared, and then you have to also kind of like feel people out a little bit to test their their energy. But one of my weaknesses, I think, is I can bounce back and forth or go backwards after they might have wanted to move forward. So it does mean something to me that it was kind of like it was pretty fast. Bounce, there was a lot of bouncing, but you were able to keep up a little bit. So yeah. th- that's yeah. good to know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what uh, what else about the the equipment or anything else? As you've seen me do some work here for a little while. Um, well, to be honest, it was kind of what I was expecting, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, as somebody who kind of does this type of stuff at my, you know, my house, it's, it's you know, kind of familiar with me. How old are you, about 17, 18, 19? 18. Okay, and you, uh, you went to both Bowser and you graduated from start? Yeah. Awesome. You're going to BG? Yep. Excellent. What made you pick BG? Um, honestly, just mostly the area, honestly. Um, because when I made the decision, I was fairly uncertain of, like, what I wanted to major in. But, you know, I just kind of, like, decided I'm going to go with that one, you know, despite everything else, just because I went up there for a school field trip, and I kind of really enjoyed the area and the general vibes it gave off. So I just kind of figured, hey, might as well do this and, you know, kind of pick my major according to that. Here, Here's me going backwards. Uh, you said, oh, this isn't, this isn't really that foreign or surprising. It's weird to me because when I would bring people in here before this – the digital and tech era has taken off where you and your phone can create whatever content you want and have millions of followers and be richer than everyone in this whole zip code within a matter of time. It would be interesting to bring people by the radio station, you know, this 2013, 2014, where our phones weren't so modern or advanced and people would be completely mesmerized. They wouldn't imagine like the boards or anything. And now you walk in here like, yeah, this is, this is about this is about what I expected. Um, last last question. Um, what would be you're going to BG, great media arts school, I think. Um, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Good question. Um, I'm still fairly uncertain, but what would be ideal if I could like ideal? wave my hand? What because you're not spitting out at me? I just want to be I, I want to be TikTok famous. No, uh, <laughs> not at all. No. So what would be like an ideal job if I could wave my hand and say Braxton, this is this is guaranteed. What would you enjoy doing? Uh, possibly just like something relating to voice work. Honestly, okay, you know, it just sounds like it'd be kind of fun. It's it's embarrassing, but I don't know. Uh, it's not embarrassing, and. Uh, a long time ago in radio, like there was this idea that you needed to have good voice to be on the radio. Um, and it was different because sometimes all you had with people was, it was a voice. Yeah. Again, we've come, you know, 70, 80, 90 years. Um, but it, I, when I was coming of age and in, in what I do, my voice, my voice sucked. Uh, it, I had a really bad East coast accent. I would say things like water and yo, um, you don't, you don't need it. It's, it's the content, but, you do speak very well, so yeah. voiceovers might not be too hard for you. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of, I mean, I mean, I, I feel like I can do better than what I'm doing right now, but I'm just like really That's anxious. Good, yeah, I just totally threw you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. What if I told you this is on the radio right now too? Oh, hi everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, uh, is, this is the podcast. Oh. All right. Well, look, you you get an a. If we're doing pass fail, pass fail, you definitely get a pass because I basically just said sit over there and I turned the microphone on. <laughs> yeah, so I, was, I, was I can actually, do I can do that to people. I, I was actually trying to email um, somebody from my college about 
my insurance things, and now I'm anxious because I realize I'm on air. Nothing to worry about. Okay. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Sorry about uh, that. All right. Now, welcome in. I, I think it's got to be his third visit, first time in studio. He, I call him Toledopedia. Um, remarkable Spaces, Remarkable 419, HolyToledoHistory.com. Tours that you can take of some very popular places or ones that you should be visiting anyway. Um, Ted Long is back with us. All right. We're up and running. Um, this is This is a great moment, I, at least for me. I hope, Ted, for you a little bit. We finally get to oh, meet yeah. face to face. This is a big deal. Um, lean in a little bit closer to that. This, this is a very big deal, Eric. I mean, uh, what's it like to... Got to be seven or eight times we've met before, and this now we finally we actually meet in person. You know, you had mentioned Zoom, and I was like, I never had Ted on Zoom. And then I remember we did the event with Jason. Yeah, the library. Yeah, yep. and uh, every now, so I don't have my TV on in here, but when I go visit our fellow, uh, like RQN across the hallway and K100 down the hallway as well, they always have 13 on, and I'll look up, and there you are with James. <laughs> so you are often inescapable, but I'm good with that. <laughs> That's good. Um, it is good to meet you face-to-face. -face. Sure is. Can Maybe you introduce uh, the visitor you brought? I, I'd love to. I want to introduce Matthew McNulty. Matthew and I are like um, long-lost brothers. We didn't know each other, you know. We met a couple years ago go through a, a friend and and um, he had just moved here from California um, specializes in architectural photography and design and I was just fascinated we went to lunch and both of us got excited about I do the history he does the photos and boom we were off on a project and that's where we're going now is this remarkable 419 which is all out on the internet remarkable spaces was the book that we were gonna have you on for but yep. that's been put on pause for the moment right it is, and and you know, um, Matthew can speak to this too. I mean, we we just have so much more we want to get inside this this space, and and we feel like if we try to push it out by fall, um, we'll probably leave something out. So, don't you agree? That's I agree. We uh, we put down a beautiful map at Toledo, and we marked all of our places, and we saw a lot of holes. So we're looking to uh, fill in those holes before we present the whole thing. Matt, good to meet you as well. Uh, Ted has spoken very highly of you uh, when we visited, so good to meet you face-to-face -face as well. Nice when you. did you move here from California? Uh, about three years ago. What do you think so far? Love it. How did you guys initially connect? Like coffee shop connection, or how did you meet? Actually, it was John Eichus from uh, Toledo.com. They met, and he said, uh, Matthew said, I'm interested in local history, and John says you got to meet Ted. And then we got together and had lunch, and it's been, um, like I said, it's like we've been working together ever since. Great. Matt, what brought you here to begin with? Uh, we have a family, small kids, and we decided to come home and raise them uh, where my wife grew up. So She's originally from Toledo? Yes. What high school did she go to? Uh, Ottawa Hills. Excellent. Excellent. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Good to have you here. I love the projects that, that Ted puts out. Um, I'll bring you up to speed or anybody that's just hopping on the podcast and joining for the first time. Uh, it was a couple of Christmases ago when The Blade wrote up an article about you and Forgotten Visitors, and mm -hmm. I just fell in love with the, the Frederick Douglass story yeah. about how, you know, and as I always say when I have you on, um, mm -hmm. it, things might not have shaken out the way they did with arguably the greatest president in all time here um, if Frederick Douglass wasn't speaking here in Toledo. That's Can you right. quickly tell that story again? I love it. Yeah, well, it's... it's one of those stories that, you know, a backstory that I just stumbled onto when I was doing some research. I knew Frederick Douglass was here, but I didn't know that at that time he was kind of struggling with whether or not he wanted to support Lincoln. Um, and it actually attended a, some meetings on the possibility of putting somebody else up. And when he came to Toledo, he wasn't feeling all that well. He spoke. He wasn't very excited about, you know, Lincoln and, and his policies. Um, and actually... Um, 
uh, Sojourner's Truth spoke um, right after him, and he sat down because he didn't feel well. Well, someone was at that event who was on their way to the White House uh, for a meeting. They stopped in Toledo to see a family member. A week later, they're in um, the Oval Office, and Lincoln is explaining, well, we need to get this Frederick Douglass back in here and on our side. And the guy said, I just saw him speak in Toledo, and he was not going in the same direction you are. Yeah. And so Lincoln demanded, or or not so much demanded, but made a request that uh, Frederick Douglass, um, you know, report to the White House, and then that whole relationship changed. Yeah, yeah, because he really, and we've talked about this before, but that was so many podcast epi- episodes ago and months ago. Yeah. He really disliked Lincoln because Lincoln was not an active abolitionist. Well, um, and Lincoln had made some commitments that he was going to do something about the executions of uh, black soldiers that had been captured down in the South, and he didn't. And um, Douglas felt like he kind of went back on his promise. And then when they did get together in Washington, that was first part of the conversation was, all right, look, you know, I understood it this way, didn't see it happen the way you said it was going to, and they cleared the air. Yeah, and and Lincoln changed. This is something that if you're a history person about the Civil War, dive into, because I, I... I think many people grow up thinking that Lincoln was this rabid abolitionist right. and was always against slavery. And and quite honestly, until I read Team of Rivals 10 years ago, the mm-hmm. Doris Goodwin Kearns book, I didn't know that the Emancipation Proclamation at the time was simply a military act. Exactly. So the Union wouldn't lose the war. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably where Douglas weaves in and, and, and the light went off for Lincoln saying, I'm not going to ship these people back to Africa. We're going to free them right. and they're going to be a part of our society. And, and that was the plan that Lincoln wanted to work with, uh, wanted to work over was the idea of the reverse Underground Railroad. One of the things that didn't happen as part of that proclamation was um, they were hoping that freed slaves would jump onto the North side and fight on behalf of the North, and it wasn't happening at the levels they had hoped it would. And um, so he wanted Frederick Douglass to kind of ru- set up his own kind of reverse Underground Railroad instead of everybody going North and not coming back staying south and being part of the war. Good stuff. Uh, that's from for, for, from Forgotten Visitors, yeah, correct? Yeah. That was the first book. Uh, we jumped ahead. We first got to connect again about um, 100 Things We Have to Do in Toledo. Yes. How long ago did you put that out? So that was put out uh, last spring. Okay. And by summer, it was, believe it or not, for a week or two, it was the number one travel Ohio book on Amazon. And we did a second. We just did a second printing, and it's been really, really successful. When last, when we last, when we last spoke, did I remember the publisher coming back to you about the success of that, and they wanted you to do another? What was that? Yeah. So actually, Matthew and I are working on another follow-up to that book. Um, we can talk a little bit about it. Please, but it's, whatever you it's, can. It's um, Secret Toledo. Okay. So it's um, like eighty things that you've always wondered about Toledo, but you don't know for sure. So like one thing, for example, is the tunnels in downtown Toledo. Yeah. Um, you know, what are they about? Why are they there? What are they used for? Um, and I, again, we're working together. I write the backstory and Matthew's doing the photography. Matthew, did you do photography uh, for any of other any of the other TED projects, like for uh, the 100 Things? No, okay. just these uh, two projects that we're working on right now. Uh, what have you been working on since you've returned back to this area with your wife and family? So this was been this was the main way that I got through the pandemic, which is fantastic. And, and raising kids here, TED has helped me learn about the area in a way that I'll be able to educate them growing up. 
the other part is I have a commercial uh, shooting job where I do you know corporate interiors, airports, schools. Got it. Uh, that has me going all over the country, which I really enjoy. Have you been fully indoctrinated to say, if I ask you what's your favorite thing about Toledo, you immediately say Metro Parks? I, I think the Metro Parks are there. I think Jermaine Park, uh, which okay. is not part of it, but I love riding my mountain bike down there. And uh, being so close to a river has been a really nice thing. Yeah, uh, and I just read this morning uh, that our Metro Parks are likely going to buy more from the city for like a buck. I would have bought some of those if I knew that was available to me. <laughs> Such a um, deal. And... Uh, Matt, do you know who Opal Covey is? She has been kind of quiet since you've arrived, but are you familiar with her? I, I am not. Ted, would you like to tell Matt about Opal? Opal was a legendary political figure who ran for mayor every four years and made some <clears throat> really uh, incredible promises, one of which was put a Ferris wheel over on the east side in place of the sports arena. So, um, just one of those characters you know that gives characters. toledo that color that it needs and she has been mia for a couple of years and i've i you I, I hope she's okay um if you ever drive down broadway going south out of the city you can see her home right before you go under the tunnel and get to the <laughs> marina area but you talked about the ferris wheel I, I always like to say that she had this this carnival like vision in her head and in a in a slice we're kind of going to get that with what the metro parks is doing now on both sides of the river i think you're right i i think it's going to be uh, just a, a blast to be able to uh, use that trail that they're building and walk, you know, from one end of downtown to the other along the river. It's something we should have had a long time ago. But yeah. the fact it's going to finally get done, it's it's awesome. Uh, let, I, I will mention that I'm just finishing a project for the National Museum of the Great Lakes. One of you know the different tours that we do. Mm -hmm. We have a new one coming out, the Port of Toledo, and it starts at Middle Grounds Metro Park, and you walk. Um, basically up to the Martin Luther King Bridge and back. And the whole time we narrate the story of the Port of Toledo, how the river plays a role in the development of Toledo, the canals and everything else. And that should be released very, very soon. We're kind of waiting on a small hiccup with the uh, trail. Is this like the Fort Meigs and the Old West End Tour? Exactly. Awesome. Yep. Done awesome. On, on voice map. How can people, what, should people go to the app, to the website to, to uh, take advantage of this? Yeah. So they go to uh, voice map on their Android or their iPhone and download the app for free. It'll go up to the satellite. It'll come back and say, okay, you're in Toledo. Here's the tours available. And then you buy the tours from anywhere from you know, $3 to $10, depending how long they are. And if you're uh, cynical and believe in black helicopters, Ted knows you're out of your house. <laughs> exactly. And then they, they know exactly that when you're not home and what to take from your house. I know where you are. Anyway, um, you kind of threw me a curveball since Remarkable Spaces ha is just going to remain in the digital space yep. for now. Um, but you talked about uh, secret spaces. Can we, it's been in the news lately. Maybe people have seen um, the Lorraine Hotel is going to come back to life, kind of adjacent to to Uptown. Mm -hmm. um, tell me what you know about that building. Boy, I don't know a lot about that building other than just, you know, staring at it for the last 35 years with that sign that, you know, just it's so 1950s, you know. Yeah. Um, free TV, I think, is one of the signs that's on the uh, side of the building. Um, I don't know much about that. I, I do know that that area, you know, now that you see what's going to happen with the central post office and the investment that's going in there, I think it's going to be a big, huge bonus for the uptown area. I'd love to see that um, area up to the Toledo Club might like would be a great like gaslight district for Toledo. I know uh, the TSA. I have some great friends at TSA. You know Dave Gerke, right? Mm -hmm, sure um, they're they're doing their build out, and that I guess is kind of going to be uh, like a center point for mm -hmm. that 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 next part of Adams. And then yeah, 
Toledo Club and then right over to the Lorraine Hotel. Yeah. I'm excited. When I was reading the story on the show a couple of weeks ago, I had read that there's going to be a speakeasy, um, which got me thinking, and I'll ask you, the idea of a speakeasy is you're not supposed to know about it. Right. Are there any speakeasies that I don't know about in Toledo? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, not, that not that I can share with you, Eric. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what else is coming in, in secret spaces that you can tease me with a little bit? Every time I have you on, I ask you about a place like the Valentine Theaters on the Instagram account. We go to these places and we love them, but maybe the average Toledo and overlooks things in these favorite spots. The Valentine's a perfect example. Uh, Matthew shot the Valentine as part of the Remarkable 419 project. And um, one of the things that we were fascinated by was the, the first of all, there's a giant dressing room underneath the stage. You know, walk in and it's got room for what, 50 people to sit down and put makeup on? It's just oh, mirror yeah. after mirror. Great lights, great places to hang clothes. It's designed perfectly. Great flow back to the stage, a good party area, which uh, has been yeah. used, well used. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of secret in the sense that not everybody gets to go back there. But the other place that we discovered when we were doing this shooting was the old uh, dressing rooms, which are up on the upper floors. And um, Matthew got some great shots. I mean, they're what do you call that stuff when you refer to it as... Um, that went where it's not really looking very clean. And oh, uh, destruction porn. Destruction porn, <laughs> and it, it, it's it's it just it had it's almost eerie. You know, you can you could picture a ghost or an orb or something coming in, but these are the old dressing rooms, and out those windows you could actually see where they bolted the "You will do better in Toledo" sign on the roof of the of the Valentine. So those are the kind of they're not, not so much secret, but things that not everybody gets to experience. Um. I forget what was the genesis, and I know again, remarkable spaces is just going to be in the digital realm for now. What was what was the the genesis of that? Like, was there a moment? Was there a location? Did you and Matt just have some drinks one night and let's do this? Where, what was the beginning of that? I think it was really we were the drinks. Just, it was yeah, the drinks. <laughs> we were just yeah, we were relaxing. We were like you know how could we work together? And it's like that that both of us have a passion. And this is important, I think. Both of us have a passion for remarkable spaces. It's not remarkable buildings. It's not, you know, remarkable architecture. And the spaces that we're, you know, um, laying out in this project, they any, run anywhere from barns to churches to office buildings, um, just things that have a unique backstory and and maybe some unique architecture and we just we want to highlight them was it the collection of those as you just kind of started to spitball them or was there one building in particular that was like we need to do this or i'm sorry one space there really wasn't we just started throwing throwing lists together in fact it it got a little out of hand, I would say. We all of a sudden we had this giant list. Yeah. It's kind of like and some very large spaces to shoot, like the Medusa homes out by the quarries on the west side that uh, have a great strong story, but a very weird uh, shoot to to go about. Yeah, so we we uh, deployed a a drone for that one because you really couldn't really get a picture for what we're talking about without you know getting way up there and seeing how it's logistically set up with the quarries this is one of these places i've been here now 10 years and, and it's in my dna now and i i've never heard of the medusa <laughs> yeah. what, what is it medusa gardens what, what is that so it is west of sylvania on centennial okay and everybody knows where i'm talking about when i start to describe it it's a row of houses all looking very similar stucco and they're just across the street from the quarry and they were built in the 20s as plant worker homes for the Medusa Cement Company. Okay. And um, they're just very unique, and they have 
just I, 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 there's a look to them, you know, even down to the they, when they built the place, Eric, we go into this. If you go to um, www.remarkable419.com, you can see the photos that Matthew shot and the story behind it. But um, everything's made of cement. Uh, the homes were all tied into the same um, electrical grid system going back to the, um, the plant. Um, they were all on the same septic system. They uh, built their own cement lights, um, street lights down the street. And it, it was just like it was its own like world out here in the middle of nowhere. And it, it was famous for Fourth uh, of July fireworks parties and Christmas lights. And it's just a unique space that we thought needed to be part of this um, the story. Uh, Matt, have you always traveled a lot or were you pretty stationary and static when you lived in California? Always have traveled. Okay. Because um, I, I will ask you the question that I was going to ask you. Um, it, California is not quite as old as where we are. And I was fortunate right. enough to grow up in the East Coast in Philadelphia. So there was always history. There's always history school field trips, which I, I, love, I loved a lot. Um, and it's weird. As you go farther west, the, the time that this, this country existed is so different. Um, coming here from some of the other places you've been, California, other places out west, how do you describe to me, to, to Toledoans, what we often overlook, the architecture and the history? Well, there's uh, several periods of architecture here, which I find interesting. Uh, there's the late 1800s and the turn of that century, and then there's you know the mid-century, 1950, 1960. Uh, and if you look at the old pictures, you can see things downtown where there were people walking everywhere. Um, so I think we do lose the sense that this place used to be an insanely busy city yeah. with a lot of progress ahead of it. Uh, I'm not sure where that changed, but it seems to be uh, overlooked the fact that you know, this was a center. Yeah, absolutely. Every now and then, I, whether it's on the Toledo Reddit page or somebody shares something, we see the Woolworth picture. Yeah. And then people who are under 30 are like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, right. well, Woolworth, that would be like a 1950s Walgreens, Ted. Mm-hmm. That'd be, yep. my, my grandmom called them the Five and Dimes. Five and Dimes. Famous um, for their soda fountain. Yes, because right. they had the, the, like the diners in there as well, yep. right? Yep. Um, let me ask you this I have in my notes, because we're about to lose it. Ned Skeldon memories? Because mm-hmm. that's about to be raised, right? At the rec center? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm working on a story there that will be part of Secret Toledo. Um, I, here's something that nobody really thinks about. There were two NASCAR-sanctioned races held at Ned Skeldon Stadium in 1952 and 1953. Both of them won by the Flock brothers. Um, and it was NASCAR-sanctioned event. And that track had one of the oldest reputations for motorsports. I mean, it was like... It goes back to uh, turn of the century. They were racing cars at that track, and then obviously horses, and then it led to um, eventually using those grandstands that were built for horse racing to use for mud hens games. Uh, your little, mo- I'm sure you went to games there when oh, yeah. you were younger. So will you be a little emotional when that when that when that comes down? Destruction porn, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be a sad day, just because it did represent. Uh, a good time in my life. My daughter was very small back then, and she and I—that was our go-to thing to do—is just run out to a mud hens game. But um, I'm also a big fan of Fifth Third, so yeah, it's a step up. I saw your pictures the other day. Yeah. Um, it's probably good as as things have as COVID subsided a little bit to get to do. I guess was that, that granddad things. Yes, kind exactly. Yeah. Um, something that just dawned on me—we forget um, that the mud hens are like one of the oldest baseball teams. Uh, in this country, forget about just just minor league, but it, from the 19th century, where where did they play way back then? 
Was it always at Ned, Ned, Skelton, Ned Skelton wasn't around in like 1905, no, no. right? Yeah, they, I mean, there's been multiple places, but um, obviously the the one that there's still one of the outfield walls is still left over there at Detroit and Monroe Street. Um, that was really kind of the um, kind of the golden era, I guess. There was also a lot of um, Negro League baseball games that were held at that same stadium. And then prior to that, there was a stadium downtown that was built by uh, George Ketchum, who um, built the Valentine Theater. Um, I think they had a different name then. But um, Ned Skeldon was, I think, always considered to be kind of a temporary. uh, You know, they lost him and then they got him back and they said, let's let's put him somewhere. We'll put him out to fairgrounds. And then uh, we were able to build Fifth Third. Do you ever go downtown? I, I've actually lived here the first time. I don't know if I told you this. I lived here um, in 05 and 06. And I got to go down there. And there were some bars and clubs. Um, now, there are, there's lots of everything down there. Um, having gone to Ned and then seeing the beginning of Fifth Third and then where we are now, do you ever just catch your breath and go, what has happened here is is, is pretty amazing? Well, it's it's much deeper than that, to be honest. We were talking before we came on about the Tenderloin. And the Tenderloin was where Fifth Third Field sits today. And Toledo's Tenderloin was the biggest red light district anywhere around uh, this area and one of the biggest in the country. Um, they tried to shut it down multiple times. It goes back to the late 1800s. Um, and they finally shut it down in uh, just uh, prior to the start of World War One, the federal government came in and said, we're shutting this down um, because they were worried about STDs being transmitted when the when the men were sent over to Europe. But it was it, wow. was, it was famous. I mean, people would come to town and show me the tenderloin. Uh, I think Doug Swiatecki, the jazz fellow that I connected with, had shared some of those stories that this was a like a booming club town, especially for for jazz. It was. Um, you, you've been over to Lucille's, right? I have. It, do do you just, love it? It was a fantastic visit. Yeah, I think uh, Will is on his way with something pretty big over there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, from like uh, maybe LaGrange up Summit to where Toll House is, they call it Lucasville. Mm-hmm. We're call it Willville, whichever yes. is, is catchier. Uh, final couple of questions and then whatever else, whatever else you want to talk about. One of the things I was looking forward to in the remarkable book was going to be some stories of prohibition here. Mm-hmm. Can you talk, can you share any, any prohibition stories here on the podcast? Well, I'm just now doing a series of talks at the uh, tomorrow, library. right? That was the other uh, thing I was going to yeah. ask you. I'll be at the Mommy Library tomorrow morning, and um, I was asked to do a presentation on prohibition. I'm not an attorney, so I don't know really all the legal aspects. Um, I'm not really an historian. I'm a storyteller, so I just decided what were the stories that really were um, engaging coming out of prohibition in Toledo, and to me, it was the gangster era. I mean, yeah. Prohibition created the whole gangster scene, and Toledo had, I would have loved to have been in this town here in the 20s, because it was booming, it was wide open, uh, Jimmy Hayes was kind of managing all the gambling and and um, the, the bootlegging, and it was just, and there, there was no violence of, you know, the kind that you saw in other big cities, and then when the Licavoli gang got here in 30, 31, it changed dramatically, and uh, you know it got it got pretty dark. Was there any connection? Uh, there is even now because of the accessibility and, and the ease of getting there, Chicago and like like Al Capone stuff. You know, there's always that rumor that uh, Al Capone, you know, came to Toledo and met with the Purple Gang and decided not to. 
through battle with them, and it was the only fight he ever walked away from. There's some truth to that, um, and I go into this in uh, Forgotten Visitors. The only time Al Capone was ever in Toledo was 1919. It was July 4th. He was here for the Willard Dempsey fight, and he actually showed up and told everybody his name was Al Brown. Okay. And there's a great story that he was um, trying to become a boxing promoter at the time, and he was trying to meet these two state of Ohio boxing commissioners, and he finally gets a hold of him in one of the locker rooms, and he's over in the corner with him, and somebody says, do you think he's going to tell him his real name? And he goes, I don't think those two guys would take his money without knowing who he really was. So he was always sliding money to somebody and paying somebody off. What, what's but, Go ahead, I'm sorry. But my point was that the, um, the gangster era and Capone um, – Capone never came over here. He did send people over, and they met in Toledo. The Detroit gang came down, and Capone was interested in bringing some Windsor whiskey over. And they said, look, you know, why don't you just work with us? And he did. He partnered with them. And that was probably the only partnership that he did. And that, in a sense, might say that he kind of walked away from a fight. What's the difference between a historian and a storyteller? You know, a historian went to, <laughs> went to school and got a PhD, and a storyteller just is a, a BS artist, I guess. I, 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 I see semantics. You know, I, I to me, you're, you're Toledopedia. You're, you're the center point of Toledo history. Um, one last thing, and anything else you want to touch on? Uh, well, actually, I ask you about the the library presentation, but um, Jeep Fest. Yeah. Give me your thoughts on that, because this is going to be, I know, I don't know if you know, but you have to know, it's Toledo. Uh, this year, Sunday, will be more filled with stuff. They're creating some type of off-road course, maybe destruction porn, yeah. outside of the Valentine. Yeah. So, it's cliche to go bigger and better than ever, but it's absolutely true this year. I, I don't know much about those details, but I know that I'm going to be speaking this year at Jeep Fest. Great. And I just uh, formalized my topic yesterday. What is it? And it's going to be women. And uh, their role during World War II in making Jeep happen. Awesome. And I'm really looking forward to the research there and telling the story of the, you know, the women who really em- empowered the whole program. Will that be part of like a speaker series or presentation series yes. at the Glass City Center? I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, to have you standing out in the sun doing that. Yes. I'm out in the sun with at some of the kids' zones. It can be hot, but yeah. it, it's become. And I guess now we'll see the full force of it because um, I know it was off and on. Uh, when it first got going, I had forgotten that we didn't have it one year, and I think we skipped the year. It was every yep. other year. Um, we had COVID, but the full force of it should be on display this year. I'm pretty, I'm very excited, and I'm guessing we'll get over 100,000 visitors from more yeah. countries. Like, do you know Whitney Rofkar? I, I do. Yeah, I'm guessing, I know Whitney tries to get people from every state and as many countries as we can, and we're heading in that direction. And she's done an incredible job with that. Yeah. She's had it since the very beginning, and she's done a really terrific job in terms of promoting it and bringing everything together we were trying to catch up um yesterday we were exchanging emails i said let's let's do lunch before before jeep fest she's like we're two months out are you are you out of your mind it was like <laughs> october it is yeah. last thing is there any more speaker series and besides that and the library because i know there was one a couple of days ago right yeah any more library stuff coming up or where people can come, come watch no, you the speak? library tomorrow i think it's at 10 o'clock at mommy then i do have a couple of <clears throat> tours i'm doing out at woodlawn that i docent um and i, I honestly can't remember what the topic's going to be but it's it's fun to come on out we're outdoors and we just kind of wander around and we share stories about the different people that are are uh, memorialized out there matt Second, after Metro Parks, are you indoctrinated to saying when I said, what's your other favorite thing? Do you just immediately go to the zoo or the art museum? Uh, I do like those things, yeah. Okay. Anything outside of the Wheel of Fortune, RSTLNE, 
Toledo answers that you like here, things well, that you like to do with your family. Yeah, well, around here we do, uh, we get down to the river quite a bit. Um, but one of the things I do like about having spent some time here now is when I'm in another city and I see a Jeep, you know, back to Jeep. Means fast. more, yeah. Yeah, and you see the willies on the side, I'm like, I know exactly where that came from. Um, where in California were you? Los Angeles. Oh, 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 oh. So basically you got to, you got a wonderful exchange rate. I know money's a lot of <laughs> control right now, but it was like an actual exchange rate um, from going there to here, right? Timing's everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and even then, I mean, even as costs rise a little bit before all the inflation stuff, cost of living here has always been excellent. Ted, am I still right to say oh, that? I moved here from Chicago, and I got a great exchange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Matt McNulty, Ted Long, finally, I get to meet yep. you in person. Oh, one more thing. How often do you do the the, the series with James Starks on 13? Oh, uh, God, we can't leave that out. James and I do that every Monday, uh, usually around 4.50 in the afternoon during the 4 o'clock broadcast, and it's Fines in the 419. And, and we're having a blast. Uh, what's been your favorite place to go so far, and what places are you looking forward to going? I think one of my favorite places was actually Lucille's with uh, Will Lucas. It was just so cool to be able to tell that story. Yeah. Um, and then we've got um, a number of things that are coming up here that we're, you know, we, we've had to do most of our stuff. We started it in September, so we've spent a lot of time indoors. So now we're getting to get out there and do the outdoor stuff, and it's been, been a lot of fun. Awesome. So great to see you in person. Um, your homework is tell us what this building is. Was. I'm going to find out. And if I should avoid certain rooms by any means. <laughs> awesome. Guys, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.